Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, did you welcome? At first, I want to say congratulations. Yeah, I should congratulate you. How are you feeling? Very well. I mean, I, I think it's very exciting. I, I had said on a few platforms before the game, that I expected a win as crazy as that sounded you know after that first leg so yeah I'm excited but I'm not overly surprised because we've seen PSG so many times this season and I just thought that Real Madrid team should be able to get on the PSG team um, and so yeah I was expecting a win you know it was good that they could pull it off eventually because at some point you know in that game it didn't look like it was going to happen but yeah, I, I feel good about it. Yeah, so I feel up until the last 20 minutes, it just seemed like one of those games that, I don't know, it, I didn't really see how Madrid are going to get back into it, you know? So, like from PSG's perspective, what do you think PSG got wrong? Or what did they do wrong in those final 20 minutes, actually, that just let Madrid get into the game and, quite, quite frankly, control the game from then on? So, I, I think in many ways, PSG underrated Real Madrid. Um, I mean, I, I've seen that game a few times since yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the the approach from PSG when Real Madrid changed their tactics and their approach was, I think, was a shock. I don't think PSG prepared for a Real Madrid that was going to press and run and make life difficult for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and th- there were a few points in the game that you know you could see that at the start of the game, Real Madrid started with some energy. Um, obviously, they fed off because essentially Anthony Cruz couldn't, you know, press as much or they couldn't recover as much as well. Um, and PSG got control. I think PSG was so much about control of the game. Um, having, you know, Verratti, Paradez and Midfield definitely helped. Uh, but also having Messi and Neymar, who are very good on the ball, you know, when they drop deep, they can control possession, the fullbacks can get high. So I think PSG's game was all about control, was about possession. But I don't think they prepared for a Real Madrid side that was going to run hard, press them hard, try to force them into mistakes. Um, I mean, we saw Donnarumma in the first leg. Yeah. You know, the, the front rings are, are around Real Madrid. Um, and so, you know, j- just giving the instance in the first half where PSG gained control after 
period of Real Madrid press. Yeah. And then in the second half, right after the Real Madrid equalizer, um, PSG got control again. PSG passed the ball around. You know, there was a spell of around three, four minutes um, that ended with um, a Neymar free kick and then, you know, a corner kick for PSG, where PSG were in absolute control of the game. So I think one of their major errors in the game was they didn't prepare for Real Madrid side that would press them. I don't think they had an alternative way to play if Real Madrid made it difficult for them to stroke the ball around. Um, and so you could see the Real Madrid first goal, the equalizer came from Donnarumma making a mistake. Yeah. Um, you could see uh, Real Madrid's third goal as well came from PSG making a silly error right after kickoff. I think if this was a side that was prepared to play in different ways, um, then they would have figured out at some point that Real Madrid were hungry, especially once Camavinga and Rodrigo came on and Real Madrid were ready to run themselves to the ground and press and you know uh, close up the spaces very quickly. PSG could have found a different way to play. For me, a different way would have been sacrifice one of Messi or Neymar, mm. get in Di Maria, for instance. Uh, try to stretch the pitch. Um, I mean, Messi and Neymar didn't play as wingers. Um, they always came into the centre. Um, but, you know, if, if you try to stretch the pitch, um, get a Di Maria, for instance, on the pitch, or, you know, maybe you saw an Ikadi, try to go long, try to play more direct. I think there were different other ways that they could have played. But I don't think PSG... I mean, PSG could have sat deep. I think that, that could have been an option as well. Sit deep. You know, just yeah, don't don't necessarily try to walk the ball out of defense um, or try to pin Real Madrid back. Um, so yeah, I think that for me that was one major thing PSG did from a tactical point of view. Um, I think that there was a lot of naivety in the way that they approached the game, Pochettino. Um, and once Real Madrid turned it on, um, you know, they had no answers. Okay, so speaking about the subs now, would you like? directly attribute the comeback to like what actually sparked the comeback mm-hmm. yeah I mean for, for sure um, a, a lot of Real Madrid uh, forums before the game um, and I say this um, especially after the weekend game yeah. um, against Real Sociedad when Real Madrid showed that if they pressed more and if they ran more and you know Real Sociedad are traditionally a side that want to keep the ball, they love to play, you know, fancy, they love to play positive, you know, yeah, you can call it whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but Real Madrid approached the game differently. Uh, you know, coming into the game, a lot of people thought Real Madrid were going to sit back, like we've seen too many times this season, really, to, to be fair, when Real Madrid play against sides that are comfortable on the ball. But we saw a different Real Madrid side against Real Sociedad, and even though they controlled the first goal, they showed that they could press a team that wanted to hold on to the ball. But we didn't see that at the start yesterday. We saw, you know, Tony Cruz and Asensio. I think those were basically the two changes. Um, and Mendy, you know, left back. When Mendy was not available. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony Cruz came on, Asensio came on. Major changes from the weekend game. Um, and so, you know, a lot of Real Madrid uh, fans weren't very comfortable with the lineup. I think it was clear what Carlo Angelotti had to do against PSG. And the one thing he had to do was make PSG feel uncomfortable on the ball. The one thing he had to do was outrun PSG, was, you know, stifle PSG. I don't think PSG, to be fair to them, 
um, you know, with, with all due respect, I don't think they have a lot of hardworking players yeah, that want to, yeah, that want to grind. And you know, Messi is not, Neymar is not, um, Danilo can get really uncomfortable on the ball. And I think besides Pardes, Verratti. Uh, you know, who'd really work hard and Mbappe would work, you know, very hard as well. I think there are a lot of guys that, you know, they're very suspect and what you have to do is push them. Um, and so the changes for me changed the game because once Carlo Ancelotti realized what he had to do, I think he knew it from the start, uh, but maybe he also wanted to stay loyal to Cruz and to Asensio. And you can understand that because these have been like Real Madrid's form players throughout the season. Uh, but throwing in Rodrigo and Kamavinga changed everything. So much more energy, so much more pressing, um, so much directness. And, you know, for once in the game, Real Madrid had a presence on the right where Rodrigo was starting to get at Mendes. Um, it afforded Vinicius some time and space on the left as well. And, yeah, it just changed everything. I, I think for me, the changes were, you know, was was, was, was the major things, uh, the major things that changed the game for Real Madrid. Um, and once Real Madrid became a different side, was that for PSG's cope? So speaking of Asensio, now I want to talk about his contract because Asensio is like I think is someone that has really uh, caused divide amongst the Real Madrid fans this season. A lot of fans are like really like reactionary and like he's trash, being him. Some are like eh, he's done all right. He's had like I don't know maybe ten goals or competitions now. I'm just counting that up top of my head, something around that. So like that's decent for someone yeah. who's not a who is not like a starter, a nailed on starter. So, I saw some takes about, like, this game being, like, should I call it the do or die or something about Asensio in terms of his contract, which is, like, just uh, going to expire in about 15 months. What do you make of that? Do you think he's deserving of a new contract? And also, what do you make of the, the talks about this game? Like, before the game, I saw a lot of Real Madrid fans really building up to this game for Asensio, especially after the lineups came out. Like, this is the mm. game, you know, show them that you deserve a new contract. What, what's your what's your talk? What's your take on so, all of that? So, Asensio wasn't good for yesterday. Yeah, he wasn't, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's, that's a fact. He wasn't good for yesterday. He wasn't good for yesterday because Real Madrid needed uh, more directness. They needed to, you know, carry more threats. And I think as a natural winger, Asensio, um, well, Asensio as a natural winger is better when he plays on the left. Um, I think he can give width. He can be more direct. Not quite when he plays on the right because he likes to cut in. Uh, but I think also Asensio, you know, I think that's well documented as well. He's not going to press so much. Um, you know, so yeah, it wasn't good for yesterday. I think that's well established. But this season, I think Asensio has been great. I think he's been very unfairly criticized by a lot of Real Madrid fans. Um, this is a guy who, and you know, I, I really don't want to go to, to, you know, the past and talk about his injuries yeah. and, you know, how he's managed that's, to come back. That's valid. You have to talk about that. Yeah, but may, maybe, maybe let's say, you know, that that's that's his personal business. You know, it's your injury, it's your career, it's your, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, maybe no one cares and that's, that's fair as well. But we are talking about a guy who like you said, he's got 10 goals this season. He's Real Madrid's third highest scorer this season um, after Benzema and Vinicius. Real Madrid have guys like um, Gareth Bale, Hazard, um, Rodrigo, you know, I mean, th- those are wingers. And then you can also talk about Mariano Jovic. These guys are supposed to, you think, maybe carry a greater goal threat in Asensio. Yeah. However, all these guys, except from Jovic and Mariano, they've had fair chances this season. But Bill, yeah, maybe not to an extent, but you know, 
Bill had his injury troubles. My, my point is, everyone has had like good chances this season. Hazard started the season as first choice, uh, first choice left winger. Uh, Rodrigo has had lots of chances this season. None of these guys are contributing or contributed as much as Asensio has. I think Asensio is, I think it's very underrated what he's contributed to Real Madrid this season. 10 goals playing as a winger, you know, possibly could push as high as 15 goals, which would be his highest ever. I don't think Asensio is a problem. I think the problem is a guy of Asensio's quality maybe should not be a starter at Real Madrid. You know, maybe a guy of Asensio's quality should be an impact player. And I understand that argument. But when a guy of Asensio's quality and, you know, his general skill sets comes up with 10 goals a season, and I think that should be uploaded. I think the conversation should be around, you know, credits in Asensio for what he's done, while possibly bashing the club and how they built the squad so badly that Asensio is the club's or the team's third top scorer. And then also looking at guys like Rodrigo, especially, who has been like the major sub, you know, for Asensio on the right wing. And wondering why Rodrigo hasn't stepped up in terms of goals contribution this season. So, you know, I've said this a few times as well on Twitter. I think Asensio has done what Asensio should do. I think Asensio has played to the level that he should. Asensio has scored some really big goals this season. Uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago when he scored the only goal against Granada. Um, I thought that was really, really massive. Um, he's, he's had major contributions this season. There's, there's been a couple of games when he scored the first goal of the game and, you know, he's opened up the game. Asensio is a guy who, I think, differently from most of the other guys Real Madrid have, he can score out of nothing. He could hit one from 25 yards, 30 yards. You want that kind of guy in your squad. I, I don't see any reason why there, you know, there's reluctance to give him a new contract. I don't see any reason why he's getting so much um, backlash from Real Madrid fans. For me, it will be build your, build your squad to be better so that you have someone else that you can trust who is more reliable, who is more consistent. But you need the guy like Asensio in your squad because of the versatility, because of that quality that he can bring. Um, but, you know, bashing Asensio really, really unfair. Forget yesterday. You know, tomorrow, if we're having a game tomorrow, if I'm the coach, um, I think I could see myself still starting Asensio ahead of Rodrigo, for instance. And that's the only person who's playing close to him. Not Hazard, not Bale. You know, these are guys that earn way more than Asensio. Which Those are the shame. guys who should be criticised, not Asensio. Yeah, which is a massive shame. I mean, someone like Hazard, I don't even want to start thinking about that. Thinking yeah. about that. Like, where do you start from as a Madrid fan? Uh, tackling the hazard issue, you know. No, I, I think I think most people are done with the hazard issue. Um, I don't think it's a lot of people from outside would think that you know it's hazard, and you think it can still come good, um, and and that's easy for outsiders, you know, especially when you don't watch. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, you don't watch a lot of Real Madrid games. If if you watch a lot of Real Madrid games, I think by now you would have given up on hazard. I don't think anything is coming out of. Hazard anymore. I, I think it's all done. Um, I don't think he has the, um, and, and you know, this may be strange to say, but I don't think the quality is there anymore at that level to to perform consistently. I don't think, I, I certainly don't think the motivation is there. Um, I don't think the motivation is there. 
to push. I mean, Real Madrid have been issues, for instance, at starting left wing here, and there's just a gulf in quality. Uh, what Vinicius brings to the table the energy, the drive um, the hunger everything Vinicius brings to the table there's a massive gulf um, you know and then you compare when, when you compare with Hazard so yeah I think Hazard's done uh, it doesn't help as well that he's struggled to fit into other positions and you know we, we've just spoken about the right wing position where Rodrigo started the season as starting right winger yeah and when Rodrigo struggled with form and with production, Carlo Ancelotti's next option was Hazard. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, maybe, maybe this is why we should create Asensio as well, even more. How, as a third, as a third choice option, he's you know managed to come up with the goods. But Hazard was the next option on the right, and Hazard just couldn't play on the right. Um, I think it doesn't help Hazard that he's not been able to adapt to different positions. Uh, see, the, the thing about Real Madrid is that no one gets a free ride. Yeah. Yeah, no one gets a free ride. Not Raul, not Ronaldo. I mean, even Cristiano Ronaldo didn't get a free ride. At the time, you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo at Real Madrid, where uh, I think it was under Mourinho, and there were lots of arguments about where he would play or how he would play, for instance. If he would be um, a winger that had to track back, that had to do like defensive duties, or... You know, if you would be like an out-and-out um, left wing forward, that kind of thing. So, yeah, point is, no one gets a free ride. Hazard definitely wouldn't get a free ride because he hasn't bought himself any goodwill. So, if Hazard cannot adapt to any position, if he wants to play on the left, he's not going to be able to play on the left, by the way. Um, I think the club would definitely back Vinicius. Even if Vinicius goes through poor form, it would make sense to back Vinicius because of his age, etc., um, they're looking to sign Mbappe. If Mbappe comes on, Mbappe would, you know, th- there's still that conversation of what happens when Mbappe and Vinicius are on the same team. Who gets that left wing spot? Um, and then there's Hazard. <laughs> so yeah, it's really funny. Um, I, I think if if Real Madrid could get a deal to offload him some way um, in the summer, I could definitely see that happening. But uh, like I said, if if you watch Real Madrid uh, regularly, I think you would have given up on Hazard by now. And it, it reflects in how the coach sees it as well. We don't see Hazard one, uh, you know, to come on. Yeah, there's, there's just nothing. It's not happening. I tweeted yesterday. I was like, it's such a shame that in such a game, you know, when Real Madrid needed something, you have Eden Hazard. Like, just judging from the name off the top of your head, like Eden yeah. Hazard. Like, and you think that the the, the the management doesn't feel that Eden Hazard can actually impact this game in a way where they can win. I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's like, yeah, I think he hasn't helped himself as well. Um, you, you, you mentioned something about the management not thinking and it's something we've come to know as well about Real Madrid as a football club where the hierarchy of the club influence the coach um, in terms of players that should be prioritised. Um, last season, we saw that a lot with Zidane when, you know, I think that was, that was Hazard's second season and the first season, you know, it was so-so. But then his second season, there was a seeming pressure on Zidane to give Hazard more minutes. Yeah. Uh, so whenever Hazard was fit and available, Hazard would play. Whether he started or he came on. So Hazard would definitely play whenever he was fit. We are not seeing that this season. I don't think... I think Ancelotti has been given the green light to do what he wants with Hazard. And that's why we're not even seeing him at all. I don't think anyone 
anyone is backing his hand at this point. I don't think anyone, you know, not Perez, not you know anyone at the top. I don't think anyone is picking for Hazard to say this is an investment, and you know, Carlo Ancelotti, you have to try to still, you know, still try to make something out of it. Um, so yeah, that, that doesn't help Hazard as well because you you want to have guys who are backing you. I think even some of the younger players like Vinicius, Rodrigo, um, the coach gets told from time to time that he has to uh, consider them. Um, you know, young players. Uh, we haven't really invested a lot of money in these young players. But Hazard doesn't have that. This guy was bought for £100 million pounds, so, or more. Maybe 160 You know, you never know. Smart. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Speaking of Ancelotti, I think this is an interesting one. Just like the Ascension one, something I've also seen like divide a lot of opinions among from Madrid fans. Madrid topped the table, now into the quarterfinal. A lot of fans are still not quite satisfied. And like I see a lot of people saying, like, no matter the outcome of this season, I really don't want Ancelotti next season. I've seen enough. What's your take on all of this as regards? Yeah, to, uh, I think this is another person that's not getting enough credits, really. Um, his, I, I, I feel like a lot of fans... Um, and this is not just Real Madrid fans, but maybe football fans generally are very idealistic in the way that they see things. So um, everyone's holding on, you know, lots of people holding on to a, an idea of what they think ought to be. But reality is always different from what you expect and what you think should apply. And, you know, last season, Real Madrid didn't win the league, um, came into the season, you know, Ramos left, Varane was sold. At the start of the season, Real Madrid had Militao, who had had like six good months, and no one really was sure if it was the flash in the pan or, you know, if you could actually start the season as a starting um, centre-back. Um, I believe that in the first game of the season, um, I think Nacho, um, yeah, not, not very sure about that now, I think it was, you know, Nacho started as centre-back. But, you know, point is, at the start of the season, no one knew what Real Madrid's starting centre-back would be. Alaba had come on, and you know, it talks about if Alaba would be a midfielder. Alaba, apparently, you know, was deciding to leave Bayern Munich because he was being played as a centre-back. He didn't want to play as a centre-back anymore. We had seen him play midfield, you know, for Austria, yeah. even at the Euros. Uh, we seen him play so many positions. So, we weren't sure if Alaba was going to be a centre-back. Real Madrid didn't have a centre back basically. Vallejo was, you know, called back, and it was just mess. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Kamavinga came on before the end of the transfer window, but also Mbappe didn't come on, so it meant that Real Madrid had to start the season with Hazard, Vinicius, you know, Rodrigo, Bale. I don't think that looked very promising. You know, a lot of it didn't look very promising, um, and then. Ancelotti has stabled everything. He is on course to get what about ninety-three points, which is massive, Sorry. and he's in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. And if he had been smarter, and you know, yeah, not not trying to in, be, be insulting, but if Ancelotti could have been smarter, and if he could have rested players better and used the squad better, maybe. He would be in the final of Copa del Rey as well. You know, I think the game against Atletico Bilbao when he started Vinicius and Casemiro, who had just come on from uh, playing for the national teams, um, I thought that was like a huge mess. So, 
Um, I think he should have rested them, for instance. But point is, he's having a fantastic season. Eight points higher in La Liga, quarterfinal of the Champions League. You know, Vinicius is having a breakout season. Kamavinga is looking good. Yeah. There's a massive centre-back pairing that looks solid, solid. and you know, could be, yeah, could be there for two or three years. Why? Why is this guy getting criticised? I have no idea why Ancelotti. And and I can understand that maybe there are things you should work on. I think you should work on his use of the squad, how he rotates the players, how he uses, you know, how he brings in some other guys to um, assist the squad. But I, I don't think that's that's a conversation that you should linger on and put the coach under pressure for. Um, you know, I, I think. In his first season already, I think Ancelotti should be getting close to the sort of freedom and the sort of calmness that you'd get from, say, like Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola at Man City. I think he deserves that sort of calmness around amongst the fan base because it's also important that the fan base is calm. Calmness um, it seeps into in, into into the team. If you know, if everyone is agitated. Um, fans are booing at at, 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 at the stadium. Uh, fans are talking, you know, whatever um, on social media. Then it gets to the players, it gets to the team, one way or the other. I don't think Atlético has done anything to deserve massive criticisms. There, there are a lot of Real Madrid fans who don't want to see him next season. And my question is, who do you bring in? You know. That's the thing, you know. So Ancelotti leading Real Madrid to first and the quarterfinal. Like as you said, fans just. Firstly, they always find something to complain about. That's the thing. But yeah. as, a, as a fan of a football club, no matter the club, uh, given the fact that they're also not defending champions, you have to factor that in, you know. And when they're coming into the season, I don't know how many people put Real Madrid as favourites. Of course, you expect Real Madrid to contend and possibly win. They should contend. Agreed. But, but the fact that they've been quite comfortable at the top, basically yeah. all season, and into the... A, a lot of people, I think a lot of people had Real Madrid as third, um, behind Atletico Madrid and Sevilla. Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of people say that. So, like, so now Real Madrid fans just lose focus on this. And lastly, do you think Mbappe is hundred percent in the bag now? Ah, must tell. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's going to sign. Um, Mbappe comes across as someone who is tired of, you know, this stage, or you know, done with this stage, and you know, looking forward to another adventure. I'm, I'm hanging on to that. I'm hoping, you know, on that. So, yeah. But, you know, you, you can never be sure when it comes to football transfers. You can't um, get too comfortable. I think it's, it's going to change a lot at Real Madrid because he's a star. He's a proper star. If he comes to Real Madrid, he would... I mean, this guy is probably the biggest sign of world football at the moment. Let's face it. Yeah. PSG, yeah, PSG are ready to give him all the money in the world. If it comes to Real Madrid, it would be like we are not seeing Cristiano Ronaldo signing at Real Madrid. Real Madrid will have like proper staff. Yesterday we saw, you know, Modric, Benzema. Um, I think it was you know most, mostly the two of them. But these guys are from you know another generation. Yeah. Mbappe is going to lead uh, the future of football. He's he's the man. He looks like the man to do that. So if Real Madrid signing, that's proper star power coming in. I think it changes a lot for Real Madrid. I I thought Real Madrid were a bit too desperate, you know, last summer with some of the amounts that were called uh, 200, 250. Yeah. But 
I think good for them. Mbappe didn't sign. Um, I don't think he's going to sign at this point anymore. It would be great. Um, of course, there'll be the conversation over where and how he plays. But really, to hell with that. If you sign Mbappe, you know, it just changes everything. Um, so I, I, I'm going to just have my fingers crossed. Um, I'm, I'm not too excited about that. I don't think it's all over yet. But yeah, if, if, if I was Real Madrid, I'd, I'd put everything in, you know, from now up until the summer to make sure that that signing goes through. Do you feel yesterday in any way like kind of increased your chances? Uh, uh, no, not not really. I, I don't think it changed anything to be honest. Mm. I, I feel like if if PSG had gone ahead and maybe won the Champions League, it would make sense for Mbappe to leave anyway because that would mean like yeah, completely everything gets yeah, 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 legacy, you know, etc. Um, and then losing, I don't think it changes anything because you can also look at losing and say it means that PSG aren't good enough. You know, if if Real Madrid would beat them, then you know Real Madrid would look like a worse a worse team at the moment if they would beat PSG. Then maybe it tells PSG. Aren't good. So yeah, I don't think that's. I, I think you can you can make whatever you want of it, whichever way it had gone. Um, so I don't think it changes anything. But what what I would say changes at the moment is the the process of signing Mbappe, of possibly signing Mbappe, because if PSG were in the Champions League still, then you know his focus is still on the Champions League. He's trying to concentrate on giving them something until the end of the season. Yeah. Right now, with the league, I think you know PSG. PSG are going to win the league. Yeah. It's um, done. They, they got and part, partly because they're, they are way better than all the other teams, but also because no one else wants to win the league. They are 13 points clear with you know about 11 games to go. So, yeah, I think if ever Mbappe was going to sign for Real Madrid, this is like the time to hiss in the process, you know, I'd say. I think it, it can now move faster, more or less. Uh, the, the general process of sending back to so yeah that, that's how I see it I, I don't think it changes the core idea of whether he's going to sign or not but PSG being knocked out means that if it's going to happen it can happen faster and there's more time to talk there's I think you know his head is clearer I mean let, let's not forget that at the moment Mbappe can already sign for Real Madrid yeah like he can officially sign a Real Madrid contract because you know it's it's the final six months yeah, of his contract and so he can actually sign for Real Madrid and Real Madrid can announce the signing of Mbappe so I would think that that process is now very possible I would think that you know if I'm Real Madrid I would definitely be pushing for that I would want that to be all done before the end of the season in fact I mean we've seen Niklas Sula for instance who's already confirmed to join Borussia Dortmund that can happen for Real Madrid in particular, do you believe they were actually going to win the league? Are you sensing For sure. Any, okay, no final mini ball, nothing like that. Yeah, I, I think the league, league's done. Um, I think for the Champions League, my prediction would be if Real Madrid know who they are, if the players know who they are, and if they have this sort of hunger that they showed yesterday. I think they can they can beat a lot of teams. Um, there, there are a lot of teams out there that look like you know you can take them on. 
I would say that outside of Manchester City um, and to some extent Chelsea, mm-hmm. the, the other teams look suspect in terms of their structure and their solidity. And this is including Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, I think City are well drilled. So, yeah, they look like a really solid side. You, you, I don't think you can, you can, you know, lock your way to a City win. Um, I don't think you can, you know, just get fortunate into a City win. I think you have to, like, be locked in for one, 180 minutes uh, to beat City. Or maybe you get, I don't know, some crazy slice of fortune, which is very unlikely. I don't think, you, you know, you want to bank on that. Um, and then Chelsea looked like a really well drew side as well, despite their troubles. But Bayern Munich, Liverpool, you know, all the other guys left in the Champions League, I think Real Madrid can take them. Um, so, if Real Madrid get fortunate with the draw, maybe get to Bayern, maybe get to Liverpool. And, you know, I, I say that being, you know, fortunate because it's a quarterfinal. That's probably the best you can get at this point. Yeah. Um, or maybe, say, an Ajax... Juventus to yeah. Be fair. yeah I mean obviously Juventus yeah. or Atletico Madrid Manchester United I think if Real Madrid know who they are and play to the level that they can I think they can take all these teams and I'll say fairly easy you know maybe as easy as we saw in that 20 minutes yesterday when Real Madrid were just squeezing PSG and squeezing them and you know, they just kept on going I think Real Madrid can do that to a lot of teams um, and then Man City and Chelsea, you you hope you you hope that you know the coach can have that sort of structure needed because I think beyond just turning it on for those games, you need a proper structure because these are teams that they have this solid shape. They are so well drilled. You need to come in with something, um, you know, some some massive idea tactically. You you can't just say, oh guys, get locked in and all. I don't think you beat Man City playing like that. I think you need to know what you're doing as a team. Um, and, you know, it has have very, very little to do with star power and all that stuff. I think it's more as a team. Do you believe in what you are playing? Do you believe in the ideas that you have? I think that's how you beat Man City. Um, you know, like we saw with Chelsea in the Champions League final. So, yeah, I think league's done. Um, I think Real Madrid will win the league. Um, it may not be smooth all the way. I mean, it may drop from eight points. You know, yeah, but I think Real Madrid will be good for the league, um, especially because Sevilla are not in a very good place. I don't think Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. I think they're so far behind. Yeah, there's too much ground to make up. If, even if they close up and topple Sevilla, I think they'll just be like too much. Um, I don't think it would be as close as last season when it came down to the line. But I think maybe with two, three games to go, uh, Real Madrid to be champions. Um, and then, you know, like I said, in Champions League. It would be about just knowing who you are and trying to bring it on the night. Um, I think Real Madrid can beat most teams out there. Yeah, fantastic. Then congratulations on the fantastic season. Then uh, I mean, only only the league alone, only the league alone is massive. Yeah, I mean that would be huge. Yeah. yeah, myself was huge a Liverpool fan. And... I can <laughs> I know how I felt. I finally won the league, so never gonna, mm-hmm. never going to take that for granted. And. Yes. And hopefully, fingers crossed, congratulations on Mbappé as well. I, uh, oh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. That would be huge. Yeah. That would probably be as big as, you know, anything. Because that, that's the tremendous for the future. So, yeah, that's, 
but yeah also you know there are also a lot of things that are like i don't know there are also a lot of things that need to to be to be to be done to the team in general you know in my opinion especially that midfield uh in, in terms of depth the quality in depth or what the players are offering in terms of so for someone like cruz for example now and I, I don't know where it's quite going with him. I, I know a lot of fans have been reacting. I'm still very confident in Cruz and his abilities. Maybe he's just going through like a slow patch. But I mean, if it's another year again of like Casem, um, Casemiro, Cruz, Modric starting, like I don't know. I'm starting to feel like at what point does so, yeah? I, 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 I think with Cruz, it's how he fits a certain system, but not another system. So if I think I'm, you know, I may be wrong here, but uh, this is this is my reading of. The, the squad and the crew situation. I think Real Madrid had a lot of firepower in attack, um, like guys who could do their stuff on their own. Because here's, here's the thing with Cruz: he's a controller. Mm-hmm. Um, what Cruz gives you is helps you to keep the ball, gives a passing option, passing outlet always. Um, you know, keeps possession, keeps the team ticking. Um, switches from side to side, helps the team move the ball from side. It does all of that. Cruz doesn't do so much, um, you know, getting into the opposition box. He doesn't do a lot of running into attack. Um, he doesn't do a lot of running into space. So, if you need your midfielders, like yesterday, to do all of that, then, yeah, it makes sense to start to phase out Cruz because Valverde would give you that because Camavinga would give you that. And Luka Modric has adapted a lot to give you a lot of that. I think Luka Modric has always been that. Um, you know, I think he's always had that and he can do that. So it, it's good to have that balance. I think Cruz, what Cruz has will still be very valuable for Real Madrid. But it's about finding the balance on having guys that can, that can do a lot of midfield work run from box to box because Cruz won't keep you that you, you have to you know come to that reality so it's not so much Cruz as a player it's just how he fits into that team but talking about the, the midfield options I mean there's Camavinga and Valverde these two guys you know powerhouses when it comes to midfield I think they can do a lot of work in midfield they they don't have that composure or the control that Tony Cruz has yet yeah um, I think they can. Both of them can learn a lot from Luka Modric, because I mean, if, if you remember, Luka Modric used to be like, um, you know, at Spurs he'd play attacking midfield, he'd play left wing, he'd play right wing, you know, he'd run box to box. Modric has like background um, that guys like Valverde and Kamavinga can relate to in terms of how he would run a lot. But Modric has also showed over the years that. Running a lot doesn't mean losing control, um, which is what guys like Bravadi and Kumavanga need to learn. You can run so much, find yourself in like different parts of the pitch, but you can still maintain composure and control to know when to keep the ball. Clubs like Real Madrid want to keep the ball. Um, but if you are a young star like Kumavanga and Bravadi and you don't have control, what happens is that you are going to risk a lot because you are running a lot, because you are, you know, getting into the opposition half so much, you're going to lose the ball very much. Um, and that could hurt your team on the break. So I think they can learn from Modric, a lot from Modric, because Modric is like the epitome of 
a guy who can run but also knows when to stop. Um, it's 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 such an, an amazing skill because Modri does all the hard work in midfield, but then he knows when to calm it down, play it cool, you know, just just slow the game down, knowing when to speed it up and when to slow it down. If Real Madrid can get Kamavinga and Valverde to that level, I think they're set for another five years at least. Um, there's Ceballos, who's another option in midfield, who I don't think Real Madrid have gotten anything out of him, but I think he's very talented as well. In the way that I love that player. Him. I love him, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he has the temperament to play at a club like Real Madrid, because um, it's not just enough to be good. Um, also at Real Madrid, you need to be ready to suffer. Um, the times you aren't playing, what are, what are you doing? Are you getting ready? Because you know, if, if you're not getting, if you think that you are too talented to be on the bench, what happens is that when you get the opportunity, then you are not ready. You think ten minutes is not enough, fifteen minutes is not enough. Um, I, I think I've seen better body language from him in the last couple of games where he's played, so that's a good sign. But my my point here is, Real Madrid have options. I don't think that Real Madrid should be concerned about the future of their midfield, especially when you have Kamavinga and Valverde. I think the next step should be how do these two guys, or even one of them, become a mainstay midfield? Um, you know, there's still Casemiro, he's about 28 to 29, mm-hmm. um, about. so yeah, I, I think the, the midfield is good. Um, the position that I think you know Real Madrid maybe should be concerned about would be right back. Um, I think there has to be like someone who's really pushing Cavallar or someone who absolutely takes Cavallar's place. And I would say the same for Mendy as well on the left. Um, I think Miguel Gutierrez should be the man competing for that spot with Mendy. Unfortunately, Calangelotti has you know just frozen him out of the team, uh, let him into you know Casilla. So, um, but I, I think the same the same way for the two fullbacks. I think they, they should either have guys who are pushing them, who are genuinely pushing them, or guys who are taking slots of them. And if Real Madrid can improve on those two positions, and you know maybe with Mbappe for instance, I, I don't think they're far far away from building a new team that's good enough to you know challenge. I, I know that Real Madrid know at the moment that. You know, they, they know at the moment that they're not they're not right up there. Yeah, yeah, um, right. yeah. You know, they're, they're possibly like maybe out out of the top three, top five, but you know, they're, they're just outside that top three. And but they know that they don't have what it takes. This, this is not the Real Madrid that we had in say 2012, um, when they felt like they had to be Champions League winners, or in 2013. When they also had the same feeling, yeah, like, uh, yeah, right. you know, until they eventually won it in 2014. This is not that team, but they are starting to build that team. Vinicius, um, you know, Rodrigo, Camavinga, Valverde, um, the, the centre back Perry in Courtois, and you know, a few more pieces, two, three more pieces. Fantastic. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on and discussing Real Madrid extensively. 
uh, if you guys happen to draw Liverpool, then of course uh, I'm not going to be wishing you good luck. <laughs> like that. Yeah, we could do we could do another one and you know just talk yeah. about that one. That would be cool as well. Yeah, we will be. Fun fact: Real Madrid is actually my second team. Like I actually really love Real Madrid up until the 2018 final. You know what what Ramos did? Like apart from the Salah incident, like. Even like the clip showing when he he elbowed Caris in the head, I'm just like, nah, this guy is a prick. <laughs> so I just I, I started feeling sorry for Real Madrid. I think I'm over it now, though. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of neutral now. But like five years ago, I actually really liked Real Madrid. Like I really liked them. Just yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for coming on. Have a lovely well, day. It was a pleasure. Be Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.